Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League, presented by 78 Sports. It is a great day for Back to the Futures as we are introducing a new podcast co-host here. I'm Owen Shadrick, alongside, for the first time, Matt Ferreira. Matt, how are you doing today? And welcome to Back to the Futures. I am doing amazing. I'm happy to be here. Second year in the league, I'm sure. Some people will recognize my face from the interviews and being with the social media team last year as well. So I'm happy. Can't wait to get started. Yeah, we can't wait for this summer. We are under a month away. It is almost time for Futures League Baseball. One thing we wanted to touch on before we continue here, our open tryout will be Friday, May 19th at Campanelli Stadium in Brockton, Massachusetts. It is a $50 fee. You can find any, all the information on our social medias if you want to try out to be a member of the Futures League. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm eligible to try out anymore, but I told Joe I would try it a couple years ago, and he said, basically, go home. So, no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> anyway, the Futures League tryout Friday, May 19th at 9.30 a.m. at Campanelli Stadium. Again, you can find all that information online. We are continuing to dig in for Pete with the link in our caption. And yeah, but for this interview, we've got Kevin Murphy, the new manager of the Norwich Sea Unicorns. And, and he was a great interview to talk to today, Matt. Yeah, he was. He gave a good insight on his time in Norwich and also in at Quinnipiac and at Eastern Con. So, yeah, he's certainly done a lot of traveling in college ball, but going from Eastern Connecticut to Nichols and now at Quinnipiac as a volunteer assistant, we're excited to see his perspective in Norwich this summer. Again, we are under a month away. We cannot wait for Futures League Baseball, but we're going to try and help you in the meantime by giving you some podcast energy. And with, without further ado, we present Kevin Murphy. We are honored to be joined by our next guest here on Back to the Futures. He is taking over the reins in Norwich as the Sea Unicorns manager this season. It is Kevin Murphy. Kevin, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. And right off the bat, I mentioned it. You are pitching coach last year, but you are now taking over as manager this year and get the call. What was that like, getting the call and and being able to now be the manager of the Sea Unicorns this season? Uh, no, it was awesome. Like, I had so much fun last year. Like, it was a last-minute thing to join Dev. Um, I knew it was something I wanted to do, but, like, didn't know if I was going to get it. Um, some things started happening towards the end of the season. Like, I ended up taking the volunteer position at Quinnipiac, and I think that kind of helped me get this role because, like, the way I was going, I didn't know if it was in the cards, if, like, Lee was going to give me the call, but... I was really glad that I got the call. I'm really appreciative. Um, you know, he's taking a chance on me, a young coach coming in. But, yeah, no, I'm really excited, and I think we're going to have a ton of fun. Like, the Futures League is awesome. The everyday, like, baseball thing is just something I love. Like, it's just a part of me, so. And like you just said, you were on Devin Blinsky's staff last year. What did he teach you about managing in this league? Uh, so Devin was awesome. Like I played with Devin at Eastern. So obviously like kind of the same mindset coaching wise. Um, Devin taught me like being like organized, you know, like things to a T, like getting guys in stuff like that. And kind of just how summer ball works. Like summer ball is different than like, obviously the real season, like guys are coming to play to us and we want to send guys back better than we found them and just make mm -hmm. sure we're not burning them out. So he kind of taught me that. And like, we're going to lose guys, you know, like he taught me, like the roster's got to be moving all year. It's, it's going to change all year just because summer ball guys schedules and stuff like that. So he was a huge help. Like even in my, like I'm young. So like that was my first year of like really collegiate baseball coaching. 
And like, I, I, like, I didn't know much. And like, I think him being at UConn, Yale, like really helped set like me for the future, like going to Quinnipiac and stuff like that. So. Yeah, that's great. And, and you talk about it. There's so much to learn for yeah. in summer ball. You talk, it's like, obviously you said you're a volunteer assistant at, at the, at uh, the queue, but in summer ball, it's roster turnover. It's taking care of guys that are kind of, I guess, rentals to you, if you will. And yeah, making yeah. sure, as you said, that they go back, not burnt out or, or looking better physical wise than they did uh, before mm-hmm. it gets started. So that's great. And you mentioned him earlier as well, the G, uh, the general manager, Lee Walter Jr. We had him on the podcast a few weeks ago. He spoke very highly of you. What is your relationship like with him? I mean, Lee's the best. Um, like, obviously, so he was at Eastern my freshman year, and uh, I worked in the equipment room. And he was close with the equipment manager, Scott Smith, who used to be like a coach at Eastern, coach baseball, and Lee played at Eastern as well. So it's just kind of like that Eastern baseball, like tight circle, like Lee's great. And like, like you always bring up, like how many GMs in the league are on the field, like on their mowing the field, like doing the seventh inning, the seventh inning drag, like he works is he works hard. And like, I think the players see that they respect him because of it. And like, he really takes care of everything. Like last year, like there was a play at second that all the coaches missed. And he came down from the stands. It was like, Hey, he didn't touch second. And we were like, Hey, he didn't touch second. And he got him out. Like, so it's just stuff like that. The attention to detail he has is unbelievable. And like, he's just hardworking. Like he's every day, like go, go, go. And I'm really honored that he chose me. Like I have a ton of respect for him. And like, just to be called, like, it's awesome. And with the season just about to start, what is the coaching staff looking like and how important is it to trust your fellow coaches? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it's, you need guys, you trust guys that are about the same thing about you. That's night and day, especially in summer ball. Like it's different. Like we're trying to create relationships within the team. So like you need guys that aren't going to like guys aren't coming to summer to be like coach hard. You know what I mean? Like do this, do that. Like every day, stuff like that. But with that being said, my assistants right now, I think things will change based on like who gets a job and whatnot. Like, uh, but John Masagno, the uh, volunteer assistant at Yale is coming back. He was with me and Devin last year as the first base coach. He's back with me. Um, And actually barring any like things happen, like if Yale wins the conference, this won't happen, but the Ivy League tournaments, like the 18th, May 18th to the 21st, so it's in my Mac tournament starts the 24th. So it looks like John's going to be the interim manager to start the season for us. But after that, Noel Plantamura from Eastern Connecticut, he's a second baseman there. He ended the season with us in the infield, just a guy who has so much feel for the game, like can give guys so much like feel like good tips that could help them throughout their career. And other than that, like I I'm hoping, uh, Steve Bernadrette, the uh, athletic director at Minichog in uh, Mass, will join us. But his schedule's really tough. But yeah, that's that's who our staff is right now. Things to change, obviously, but that's who who we're going with to start. Yeah, that sounds like a good looking staff right there. And of course, as you said, you've got Lee worst case in the stands with his Hawkeyes looking down, (laughs) trying to trying to coach probably from the from the stands as well. Yeah, so we've had that conversation because, like, the MAC tournament starts the first day, and he's like, listen, like, I'll coach, but, like, I got a lot going on. And he does have a lot on his plate. 
GM, grounds crew, umpire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And we talked about your staff, but let's talk about your players. We've got a couple of guys I know coming back this summer, and I asked Lee this question too. Who are you looking forward to seeing most this summer, and who should the fans look out for that's uh, either coming to or coming back to Norwich? So, guys coming back, we have uh, Zach Zions at Bryant, who actually just won Rookie of the Week this weekend. And we actually played him yesterday at Quinnipiac, and we were tied, and he had a double to win the game. So, that was awful. But uh, uh, Andrew Bianco's coming back from New Haven. He tore up the league last year. Um, Johnny Knox, who started the season with us, and then we let him go. He went to Nashua and kind of went off for the league. He's coming back to us. Uh, Brennan Hyde, who played on Pittsfield last year, who I think ended the year 320 from Nichols. Uh, he's with us from Nichols as well. And some new guys I'm excited for, Matt Bucciero from Fairfield. He's a freshman who's hitting in like the five, six hole for Fairfield, having a good freshman campaign. And uh, obviously, like last year, we had Chris Maldonado, riser. We're huge on the risers. Um, this year to look out for, we have Tyler Minnick from UConn as a riser, who's like a middle infielder. So those are just some of the guys that we're really looking forward to see back in uh, Norwich. Yeah, definitely going to have to keep an eye out for those guys coming up next yeah. year. And this is your second year in the Futures League, but what were your initial thoughts on the Futures League in your first season last year? I mean, it's run wicked well. Like, the everyday aspect, it's awesome. Like, most coaches get guys in like you get to see different players and like the talent level is high. Like you come to a game, you're like, this is high level baseball. Um, the stadiums obviously are awesome. And just like the every day, like guys, like if you go over like the next day we got a game, like let's win tomorrow. You know what I mean? I just love, like I'm different than everyone else, but like the everyday grind, like at a baseball field, like right in the lineup, hitting fungos, like, win games like there's nothing better than that just like it's a culture and like i that's just like i love it yeah we all love it and the dog days of summer are coming and we cannot wait to be back in futures league mode in about a month here and we talked about how your initial thoughts on the futures league but in kind of going more general how important do you think summer ball is to these players because as you said they're going trying to come here trying to improve their craft before they go back to school well, reps, reps are the most important thing, like live reps. Like you're only going to get better by playing more and stuff like that. So like, I think it's huge. Like you see like all the risers come into the league, right? The guys that, that are bats. Like we saw it with like Drew Crone last year, Cam Maldonado and Cam Maldonado, by the way, for Northeastern is, has like nine homers. Like throughout the season, those guys came in from playing high school baseball to just like seeing everyday futures league arms. And they got so much better, like the adjustment they took, the jump they took. And I think it's crucial to guys development, like the everyday, like seeing good arms, like stuff like that, like arms you haven't seen at levels. I think it's crucial. And especially like you're going to get better at something when you're doing it every day. So that's what I think the futures league is good for. Like you come out of this league, a better player. It also teaches you the importance of just like flushing and going, like forgetting about the day before. How how important do you think that is to our players? Oh, every I think season? it's huge. I think it's huge because like at at the end of the day, like summer ball, like I said, there's a game the next day, so like you shouldn't be playing with that much like pressure and like I got to get a hit here. Like the emotions, kind of like that you carry throughout the college season when it like 
emotions are high. Like it's kind of different in summer ball, right? Cause like you have a game the next day, like I said a million times already, but I, I just think like the emotions and stuff are way different in summer ball. And it kind of gives like, we promote more hits with wood bats because like the emotions aren't there. Like guys are able to lock in, have good at bats. And that's what they take to their schools in the fall. And just like schools in the fall, we're in season right now, and you are a volunteer assistant at Quinnipiac, like you mentioned. It clearly looks like you're trying to begin your coaching career. Uh, Owen asked Chad Shade about this last week, but what does it mean that Norwich is giving you a chance to further your coaching career by giving you the reins to the Sea Unicorns? I mean, it's unbelievable. I couldn't even, like, when I got the job, it was like, what's, you know, like, it was unbelievable. It's just like the chance to manage a team of all college kids that are like probably two, three, four years younger than me after I just came out. It's an honor because like you could easily go with a veteran that's been there before and probably succeed. But he chose me and I want to do the best I can. So. Yeah, and that's great. And we're happy he chose you, obviously. Um, as we needed a guest for this week, you know. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> and the Sea Unicorn nickname is a very unique nickname, and I want to get your thoughts on it. What, the corns? Yeah. I mean, listen, that is my one of my favorite nicknames. So we actually, last year we had an issue and with our pitching staff, pitching coach. Uh, we gave up runs in the first inning almost every game, and we would call it cornball. We would call it cornball. So I only refer to the sea unicorns as the corns. You'll rarely hear me say sea unicorns. I love it. I think it's awesome. We all say corns. It's it started with Polinsky and it's it's gonna live on. It's gonna live on after me as the manager. So I love it. Yeah, I was asking about the sea unicorns nickname, but you went one further. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, I'm gonna give you a better one. The corns. We call ourselves the corns. The corns. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And again, back to the queue, uh, what's it been like and what's it like to get that honor there? Um, I mean, this one's a little different than this. Like, this is what I'm trying to do, right? I'm not like trying to coach summer ball the rest of my life. So it was honestly a real honor. Um, John Delaney is one of the better baseball minds in New England. He, uh, I'm so lucky to be able to work beside him, learn from him. Um, the, what he's done with the Quinnipiac program since he's been there is unbelievable. Like what he's been given and what he's been able to produce is pretty, like it separates from what he's capable of. Um, also like the assistant coaches I have that are ahead of me, they like, I couldn't be more like appreciative for what they've helped me through. Like Trey Stover is our recruiting coordinator. He's been awesome. Like just teaching me what to do and stuff like showing me the range. And then our pitching coach, Rich, Rich Seska, like both those guys have been like instrumental to my development. And like, I'm hoping to be back at Quinnipiac next year, barring nothing happens, but like, I want to build something here with coach Delaney. Um, And the guys are awesome. The culture Delaney has created here and like being in Hamden, it's just, it's awesome. I, I, couldn't have write a better script. And other than just learning to flush on a day-to-day basis, what do you think the biggest difference is between coaching at Quinnipiac and in Norwich? Um, 
I mean, D1 baseball is a little different than uh, summer ball. Like, you have your midweek games, days off and stuff. Like, Futures League's just every day. But I'd say the main difference is, like, the scouting. The scouting reports. Like, we don't have synergy for Futures League where we're, like, looking at swings, looking at pitchers. Like, the scouting report's different. Like, we're positioning the outfielders, positioning the infielders, like, trying to catch on to sequences, like, we don't really use synergy in futures league, which is like a huge tool. I'd say the scouting for sure. Yeah. And that's super important. And it's, that's obviously tough to do in the futures league, but yeah, you, you, you said it, you do your kind of own scouting when you play against these guys and, and you're like, Oh, I remember him from yeah. this school or him from that school. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll um, be keeping all my notes on the guys I see in the summer. Yeah. You're like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And obviously at Quinnipiac, they just had a pretty big national championship come their way in the hockey department. How cool was it to be around campus for that? Yeah, no, wicked cool. I mean, what a what a good program. I mean, they've been dominant for the last like four or five years. Um, it's just great for the school, great for the logo. Um, and hopefully it like honestly trickles down to some baseball success. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there's the national cha championship energy in the air over there. Yeah, I know. Hey, I mean, I know the Futures League starts soon, but I want to go to a World Series, you know? Yeah. Lee, Leo can take over as coaching. Yeah, he's, he's got to do the grounds crew and coach. He knows He's that. got it. Hold on, we'll get right back to Back to the Futures. But first, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England. Not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and a net, or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. And I've used their stuff before. I've seen their facilities. They definitely cover everything. The team at 78 Sports design and install hundreds of at-home and commercial sports training facilities. So let them help you find the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, the number eight, sports.com. For a limited time only, by just mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. And from your... Quinnipiac days to even going even further back to your Eastern Connecticut State days. You had quite the career there, ending your career with a 471 average in 2021. What was your time like playing there? Um, Eastern was Eastern was something I'll never forget. Like, not many D3 programs have what Eastern can produce. Like the everyday guys go there to play baseball. Like, I know you, you go to college to get a degree, but guys, like, you're able to get guys at Eastern that you wouldn't be able to get at other schools. Like, I was playing with guys like Luke Broadhurst, who's hitting five for UConn right now. Like, John Masagno, like, Ryan Bagsarian, like, Matt Malcolm, who's still playing. And guys like that, like, the culture there was, like, tighter than I could, like, ever put into words. Like, the players really, like, wanted it. Like, you'll see a lot of teams, like – They'll have like lists of jobs to bring on a bus. Like our guys would just have it on the bus. Like coaches wouldn't need to tell us what to do. We'd be there 30 to 40 minutes early doing early work, like just a tight knit bond there. And like, when I came in, like Matt LeBranch was the head coach when I came in there and he kind of started it. And then obviously Brian Ham came in 
after that and we just kind of took off like all it took was the right mindset and right players to come together as a team and like my last year before i graduated i uh we ended up losing in the regional and then the next year i knew they were going to win it because all you had to do it was the same group coming back but like they just made the adjustments from what we lost because we hadn't really been there before and that's what's really cool about Eastern is like the guys really all they're there for is winning. And that's all that matters. And that's kind of like why Eastern Connecticut is also coaching you, right? Like a lot of guys branch off and get into coaching after baseball because of the passion they have. Like Holden White, Holden White's at Brown, who actually was the pitching coach before me for the Norwich Unicorns. But Holden White's at Brown, like John Masagno's at Yale, like Brian Hamm and Chris Wojcik went from Eastern to Yale, like – I just think like Eastern's a special place and it's always going to have, have a spot in my heart. Um, and it's also only 20 minutes from Norwich. So. Yeah. The Eastern Connecticut to new Britain slash Norwich turnover is ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's literally like pick a side because you're going, one of you is going there either way. Yeah, I know. And you mentioned it, your playing career ended just before Eastern picked up a national title last season. What was it like watching that, especially knowing that you were there for four years and kind of helping develop that culture before they ended up uh, picking up the championship last year? Uh, it was special, you know, like I, I love all those guys. Like those guys are all my buddies and my teammates. You go to war with those guys. Like it was so amazing to watch that run. You know, it was really a special season. And uh, just so Eastern Connecticut of them. Like, Eastern's won four national championships. I mean, they made everybody happy. They made Coach Halawati proud. And you, like you said, your former teammate, Luke Broadhurst, and you mentioned a few others that have gone D1 to big schools. What's it like to see that for the guys that you've played with? I mean, it just shows you, like, baseball's baseball. If you're good, you're good. Like, it's very simple. Like, Billy Oldham, who was the Eastern Connecticut ace, is at Southern Miss now. He throws on the weekend for them. Like, if you work hard enough, you can get to where you want to go. It's just going to take a lot of work. And that's what those guys did at Eastern. There was no days off. Like, after practice, like, Luke and Billy Oldham were going to the gym. Like, John Masagno was leading the charge, going to the gym. Like, guys were working out after practice. Like, it never stopped at Eastern. It was go, go, go. And maybe go to class sometimes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe. <laughs> That's not that. When you're a national champion, you don't really need to. Yeah, 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 yeah. For those listening, <laughs> don't go to yeah, class. Yeah, go to class. I'm just joking. For those listening, go to class. Oh, I was saying don't go to class and just win national championships. But yeah, if you want to give them that advice, both. that's fine. You can do both. <laughs> to my Bobcats listening, go to class. <laughs> Please. And I do want to touch on one thing in your Eastern career, though. It was the 2019 season that you missed due to injury. Could not have been easy, obviously. But I'm sure you took away a couple lessons. So I want to ask you what that season taught you about baseball from kind of being there but viewing it from the outside. And did you stay around the team and maybe get some coaching experience under your belt while you were uh, sidelined? Yeah, so that was a tough time for me. Um, I broke my handmade bone in my hand. It's a common injury when you, like, swing a bat. Um, yeah, that was a tough time for me. Um, usually like when Le it was Ham's first year, Brian Ham's first year when he came in and usually when like guys get hurt, they stay away from the team and stuff, but Ham wanted me to stay with the team and like go to everything. And like, I can't really thank him enough for that. Like, I don't think I would develop 
as a coach or like find the passion still for this game. If I wasn't around the team every day, like if I was just sitting at home and he, like we went down a coach one day and like I was coaching first a couple games, like what he allowed me to do that year was like, I'm so appreciative for it. Cause it kept me in the game. It kept my passion. It wasn't easy, but like Matt Malcolm was a freshman and stepped in and like was really good for us. And like, I, I kind of helped him a lot, you know, like I, I took him under my wing a little bit and like, he's one of my best friends. Like, and then when I came back, it was just like, we were both just working off each other. It was kind of awesome, you know? And we mentioned you were a position player at Eastern. How did you go about the transition to becoming a pitching coach in Norwich? Yeah. So catching your main job is like to make sure the pitcher does it does well. And that was kind of like, I, that was the type of player I was like, I wasn't going to hit seven, eight homers a year, like bat three fifty. I was just going to be like a good defender and make sure my pitchers were throwing well, like receive the ball. Well. So like, I've seen everything, every type of pitch, like mound presence from behind the plate. Like, and I just feel like, going into coaching, like that's where I'm headed. Like that's the type of coach I want to be. Like I'm, I can be a hitting coach, but like, I want to work with pitchers and like, that's going to continue this summer. Like I'm not going to be coaching third. I'm not going to be on the bases. I'm just going to be working with the pitchers mostly. So that's the Avenue I'm heading down, but I got a long way to go. Cause I think the Norwich unicorns last year were like one of the bottom teams to throw the baseball. Yeah, got to improve that team ERA. Got to improve that team ERA. We could hit last year. We couldn't really. <laughs> how how important do you think it is for pitchers to have that confidence on the mound? I think it's important. I think mound presence is, like, really a big deal. Like, last summer, like, we, you were able to see, like, Jack Cable for us. Like, that dude has some of the better mound presence I've seen, right? Just confidence, like, showing the batter, like, what's – what's going on. Like, here it is. Try and hit it. Like, I love that. I love being able to like go down an account and then come all the way back because you know, your stuff's good enough. So I think like the mental aspect of mound presence is one of the most important things, like being able to work quickly with runners on with nobody on, like seeing what situation we're in and still having that confidence in that in like showing the batter, my stuff's here, try and hit. And we talked about your time at Eastern already a little bit, but there has there been anybody either at Eastern or past that's been your mentor in coaching? So, yeah, like I, I could go anywhere with that. I could go like a lot of places. I, I'm a product of how many good coaches I've been around, whether it's Brian Ham, Chris Wojcik, Tim Mayo from Nichols, like what a great coach he is. Um, obviously Matt LeBranch I played for, but really stems from like me at an early age being exposed to a high level baseball guy who Peter Fatsy from uh, AP, he created this program in Western mass for kids to play in college. And Peter Fatsy actually went on. He's now the hitting coach for the Red Sox. Like he's in the dugout. Like I was just exposed to like that at an early age of high level baseball, like culture and just like never kind of looked back like the way he teaches the game like it just like is different from everything else and the way I was exposed to that at a young age like really helped me like mold into who I am before we return to back to the futures we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian Back Company 
Rob Zorian started the company Zorian Back Company in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continues to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Litter League all the way up to the majors. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, ZorianBats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Back to the Futures. So we've talked about Norwich, Quinnipiac, and Eastern, but one other school that you played at was Nichols for your graduate year, and you played with many Futures League guys, including Johnny Knox and Nate Cormier, and actually played under 2022 Futures League Championship MVP, Kyle Bouchard. What was your time at Nichols like, and what does it see like to see so many Futures League guys uh, come from Nichols? I mean, the I have a huge special place for the Bison in my heart. It, it was it was a challenge. It was very different. Like my game was uh, defensive catcher, and walking into a new program when like you don't know anyone and like you got to build new relationships, like. I had a new role playing at first and like, I I didn't really produce as well as I wanted to, but like I was able to really take on like a coaching role as like a player, which was really cool. Like an on-field coach, like not really like the season I wanted to execution wise, but like at the same time, like I wouldn't change it for the world because the relations I was able to create and what I learned from the staff, like how we were able to battle and like you said, like there's a ton of good players at Nichols, like Johnny Knox, obviously, like Brennan Hyde and like Tim Mayo just does a great job over there. Like he's awesome. He's obviously been coaching for a long time, but he's just a good guy. He knows how to get the best out of his guys. Is that going to be weird bringing in guys you used to play with to, to coach, to now have you coach under? Not really, because like we're all about the same mindset. Like they wouldn't be on the team if like, I thought like they weren't ready for it, but like they, those two are here to win. Like Ben Jerome too. Like yeah, they're here to win. Are you adding Ben Jerome to the unicorns too? Yeah. Ben Jerome's back too. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm sitting next to a D3 pitcher here and Mr. Ferreira and obviously you played in division three. So I want to ask you how much pride do you take in playing for not only one, but multiple division three programs? Um, I take a lot of pride in it. Um, D3 baseball is awesome. Um, like I, I, uh, like I wouldn't be opposed to being one day a D3 head coach. Like there's so many good D3 head coaches, like Dan Gomez at Western New England, like Mike Leonard at Middlebury, like all just great baseball minds. And like, you can learn if you want to apply yourself at the D3 level, you can absolutely play at the next level. There's so many guys that have made it out of the D3 level. And it's just like, it's a grittier, like, it's a grittier level, right? They don't get as much, like, there's not as much money in it. Like, there is the Division One level. Like, there's a lot of doubleheaders. Like, I don't really love doubleheaders. Like, I don't think the better team's shown in doubleheaders. But, like, like in D3, we do weekend series. But, like, if you want it more, like, you're we're going to sweep a doubleheader. Like, it just shows how gritty you are, how tough you are. I just think, like, D3 players, which you'll see, like, our roster has a ton of D3 players. They're just tough kids. And a lot of the D3 guys we get, like a lot of the D3 guys that are good that you see in this league are just tough guys that love baseball. 
Yeah, and playing in a conference like the new Mac, we see a ton of those guys that are tough and move on to oh, yeah. D one, D two level, and even play pro ball. Yeah. Um, and you personally are from Springfield and went to Pope Francis, but landed at ECSU. What was the recruitment process like to Nichols and to ECSU? So the recruitment process to Eastern was uh pretty simple. Like like I said, uh, Pete Fatsy. Um, I was playing for him out of Western Mass, and he placed over 80 college baseball players. Um, and Matt LeBranch, who was my coach my freshman year, was a Wilbraham native. So, like, he would obviously, like, recruit around that area and come see me play. And that was kind of like an easy transition. Like, it was either for me Western New England with Coach Gomez or Eastern Connecticut, and I just wanted to get away from home. It was pretty simple. And then after that, Nichols um, – Nichols was a little different because I didn't know if I wanted to keep playing, but I knew I wanted to coach. So Tim Mayo reached out and was like, Hey, like we have this two year program where you can play for us one year and then be a grad assistant the next. And that's just like home run. Like you get a master's and you get to coach like coach and play both of the best worlds. Like, and I, and I love Tim Mayo. Like what he's about there is just unbelievable. You want to talk about gritty. You got to go to the bison dome. And when players play, like myself, I always have a pregame ritual. And one of those things is wearing similar items to every game, including my Crocs. And on your Eastern bio, they ask questions like, what is something that you used to do and wear that you're embarrassed about now? And you answered Crocs. Did I answer Crocs? You absolutely answered Crocs. Yeah, so, yeah, I used to be a Croc guy growing up. I mean, my mom used to buy them for us and I would wear them, you know, I'm not complaining. I got nothing against Crocs. I was going to say, how's that embarrassing? (laughs) You got to pull it. You got to pull up this summer with a pair of Crocs in sport mode. You know what? You guys, you guys tell me when you're going to be at a game and I'll wear Crocs. All right. At least Matt, Matt, Matt will wear his Crocs. And then we'll take a futures league. We'll We'll take a futures league picture with everybody wearing Crocs. We'll get it. We'll get it. That's awesome. All right. And one final question for you here before we sign off. What is your favorite all-time baseball memory? I know you got a lot to choose from. You've been been a lot of places, done a lot of things, but favorite all-time baseball memory. So my favorite baseball all-time memory, I could go a lot of ways with this, but um, semifinals against uh, UMass Dartmouth. We're playing in the uh, LEC tournament. And we were down 5 nothing the whole game. And uh, John Masagno comes up in the seventh and ties the game with a three-run jack. And we're all going nuts. And then two innings later, John Masagno comes up in a tie ball game, bases loaded, and two outs. They intentionally walked the guy ahead of him. And the first pitch he saw, I put over the scoreboard. That is probably one of the best moments I've been a part of. Just because, like, that team was such a family. Like we all like loved each other. And like, that was just an unbelievable moment. I could have went a lot of ways with that, but just being on a baseball field, like with that feeling, like you can't, that's what you play for. Like that you play for the guys next to you. Like you're going to war with the guys every day. Like you can't teach that. (laughs) You can't teach that energy. Like that's what we play for. Yeah, that's certainly what we play for. And we're excited to see that energy coached into the Norwich Sea Unicorns players this summer. Kevin Murphy, 
the new manager of the Norwich the Unicorns. Thank you so much again for joining us today. Best of luck with everything, and we can't wait to see you this summer. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. I look forward to seeing you guys in the summer. Of course. And this has been Season 6, Episode 11 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We have new episodes coming out every Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon. Thank you.